Geniuses. My name is Jessica Lopez Hermanton, and I am the creator and founder of OT Genius. And you're listening to Pre OT Secrets. On this show, we talk about how to get into occupational therapy school, how to do it in the most financially savvy way. And we also dive into the stories of pre OTs, current OT professionals, and students to learn how they got in and what their experiences were like. And so we're here to inspire, motivate, and encourage you throughout your OT journey and show you how you can be a successful OT school applicant and become the OT that you want to be. Now, on to the show. geniuses. Welcome to another episode of Pre-OT Secrets. My name is Jessica and if you are a pre-OT or a current OT student and interested in pediatrics, then you are in the right episode. We interviewed um, the, the, the also um, Alvin Pineda from OT Outside the Box and we have him back again. So welcome again, Alvin. I hope you're doing well. Hello, hello. Yes, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me back again. And it's a pleasure. Thank you. No, of course. Listen, like I said last time, I think that what you're doing is very unique and and needed also in just in the OT world because you're providing so many just ideas on how to do treatment and showing to what you can do to make treatment sessions more fun, more engaging, more occupation-based, more play-based all of this different stuff, which is just important as what we do as part of OTs, as OTs. So I wanted to touch a little bit more upon something that I know that you're really passionate about. And that is more of the aspect of nature-based OT and how you have taken nature into your treatment sessions when working with kids. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. What I love about, again, OT in general is you can work in any setting. Literally. So I've been lucky enough to be a part of a movement out into nature in the world of nature-based therapy. I have about five years experience working with OT. Actually, I'm just totally blanking right now. Outdoor Kids OT. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the practice that Laura Park Figueroa created. And she is a leader in kind of business entrepreneurship. And she has really focused on nature-based therapy and pushing other practitioners to learn her approach out in nature. And I, I've been lucky enough to learn from her and have been able to just work out in nature in such a, a naturalistic setting because there are so many benefits of being outdoors in nature from just decreased anxiety, just opportunities for natural play. And I work in a group setting. So we're able to generalize all the skills we are working on in an individual setting. So it's a great opportunity to practice regular skills with peers, groups of like six or five. So it's just really fun. If you are not following them, check out Outdoor Kids OT for more (laughs) nature-based fun. Very, very cool. And so what are some of the things, if you do take your kids out in in nature, though, what would be some of the things that you would do? Yeah. So I treat it like any other group session. 
but I take advantage of those natural environments. A big aspect of self-regulation, which is something we work in in pediatrics, is to be really calm, to be really mindful. Uh, I love that you can use nature to act as a, a form of mindfulness, really just listening to the, the sounds around us. If you're thinking about a sensory experience, when kids are playing in the dirt, when they are playing with branches and they're playing with um, trees, climbing trees, there's a lot that goes into that. There's a lot of balance. There's a lot of tactile play, whether it be the mud or the dirt. Some kids don't even want to touch it or they don't want to touch insects because some of the slugs are slimy or whatnot. So there's just so many great sensory opportunities, a lot of great movement. You can still create obstacle courses with trees and simple equipment. And it is just so fun. If you're a sensory-based OT, like if you think about tree swing, there's just so much more input that you can get on a tree swing compared to a clinic swing. That arc is so much bigger, it's more intense, and kids are just more regulated. They're able to socialize more. They're able to attend more to tabletop tasks or in therapeutic discussions that we're having. So it's just a great opportunity to just let them play. I am a really pushed play-based approach and a child-led approach. And really being in the outdoors can, can really help that. Follow their leads, see where they go, and help facilitate their goals and their needs. It's so important to do that. So, Yeah. That's really, really cool. And I think that's why some of those videos that you put out in the past of you and nature and also Laura, um, like it just gets my, it's gotten my attention as well. And man, there's just so much that you can do outside. And don't think too, guys, that the whole nature-based OT is just for pediatrics. It could just be something as simple as what I used to do. So I used to work in a inpatient rehab facility over at the hospital and we had the most beautiful ocean side view okay well they, they still have it it's not like it's gone, <laughs> it's gone yeah but, but so it's still there all right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and i would love to take my patients out there not only just for them like for their own mental health, but my own mental health. Because there are times you as a therapist, like we said too in the last episode, you just need to do something that's good for you. And I think that that's something that I also have learned working in pediatrics is in the middle of a child having a tantrum or you're working with that difficult adult, like just even going into nature could be something really good that can get your mind off of things and just get you more centered and focused and you're hearing the ocean or the wind and just looking at the trees and the greenery. And it could even just just be playing outside in the grass. I've had kiddos that we have a little playground like over at the the center and I've had my two, like some of the kiddos that have like like a specific two-year-old that I worked with and she would love playing with that grass. And I'm like, pick away at the grass, girl, touch that dirt. It's so cool. And she loved it. And she was right. Like she was regulated. She was calm. She was mindful. And, and as things were going on in her environment, you just saw the progress too. And then progress to observing other kids playing in the playground and she was just looking at them when she wasn't acknowledging really a lot of people around her she was just very uh, to herself and what got her attention so you know nature is so so cool yeah, it's, yeah. I, I, I love it 
I mean, we talked about in the other episode where it's, yeah, putting yourself first, like uh, literally a walk around the block, sitting out in the grass can be just something therapeutic for you and, and what you can do. And there's also been research where like you take plants indoors, you, you make your office space, you make your, your study space calming. Um, those have natural benefits too. So if you're looking to set your own, set up your own environment to, to be more calm, take nature indoors to you. And those little things can, can just make a difference. Like take time yeah. to water the plant and just be present and be aware of your surroundings and your environment. And that's something very little you can do for your own mental health. Kind of as and it can help you as a student. It doesn't even just help our kids. Like it'll help you as a pre-OT trying to get into OT school. Like, you know, as students, we're so anxious already about tests. And am I going to get into OT school? And is my personal statement up to par? And is it, you know, going to convince the application or the admissions committee and all of these different things? Am I going to do well in the GRE if you have to take it? All of this different stuff that we have to do. And just going on that simple walk that you were saying or sitting out in the backyard in, in, in the grass, just looking up at the sky, it can calm you down as a student. And I think you need that. And you'll see that if you just apply those principles to as a student, whether you are a pre-OT or current OT student or even a clinician, it'll make a huge difference in your life and in your um, even in your performance, I'm sure, as a, as a student. Um, like, I mean, the more you self-care and the more that, you know, the, the more self-care that you engage in, the more mentally ready and positive aspect attitude that you have for um, school and mentally ready to tackle on what you have to do for school, you're going to perform better. So yeah. let's be real. I mean, the anxiety of being a pre-OT student doesn't go away when you get into OT school and it doesn't yeah. go away when you graduate. It doesn't go away when you get your first job. You're going to continuously oh, have these anxieties or these worries that you're not good enough or you're going to have a stressful IEP meeting or you're, gonna, you're working with a stressful student or client. So you, you have to figure out what works best for you early on so that you can tackle these things down the road and, and really be confident in who you are and be confident as, in who you are as a practitioner too. Again, First and foremost, self-care is just so important for, for, for anyone down the road as an OT practitioner. But yeah, it'll, it, it, if you know how to tackle those anxieties early on, you'll, you'll be more confident as a practitioner. That is so, so good. And I mean, life, that's like, I don't want to, like, I don't know. People always say like, oh yeah, it gets easier. Like, oh yeah, it gets better. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. And life just has its up and down. Not everything just gets better, you know? And like, and it's just like a like standard trend of everything's just getting better. Like you are a pre-OT, that comes with its challenges. You enter OT school, that comes with its challenges. And then you are a clinician, that comes with its challenges. And then not to mention all the things that just come with life from if you have kids or spouses and parents that are getting older, all of this different stuff is just real. Like people in your circle dealing with things that you could, you know, that not only affect them, but affect you because you're seeing them going through whatever it is that they're going through. So life is already hard enough. And so, man, yeah, like, it's so critical, especially I think when you are a clinician, like, so uh, take, you got to take care of yourself. And yeah, I can't express that enough. (laughs) (laughs) And so now I want to know, and this will be my, my last question. Or you, what led you to do OT outside the box? I know that pediatrics has just been a very integral part 
of your life for many, many years, and that you've just continued on that path up to this day, essentially. So what led you, though, to create OT Outside the Box? Yeah, I don't know. I I think I would... I'm going to age myself, I guess. I'm like an older millennial who grew up with technology. I love YouTube. I, I had MySpace. I had original Facebook. And I love social media. I wanted to be a part of it. Um, I loved video editing growing up. Actually, when I was in an OT school, I got the award for most likely to do a video, to do a video presentation. I was always that one who had this awesome video presentation. And whenever we were doing group projects, people wanted for like, okay, I need to have Alvin because we have to present this thing. Technology was always my, my forte. I loved photography. Uh, I loved video. I loved just capturing the moment. And having been in the field for a few years, I wanted to share my passion of video and social media with others. And I wanted to share my creativity. So started very small. I was kind of just showing off activities. But then as my account grew, I was able to really showcase that creativity and, and show people how to use different objects in multiple ways and, and just to be more creative and, and build out these ideas. I think another big thing that pushed me to be on social media, just to represent the diversity, because we all know that main population of the OT profession is kind of the white female. So just being I am a uh, person of color, I am gay, I am a male, I wanted to represent uh, and be more present and showcase that within this field. And I think working in PEDS is just so important as a male because we are in a population where there are just so many boys who have special needs. And I find the connection is just so much more different. They might see themselves in me some little way, and then that helps push them to, to get better. So I think it's just really important to, to have and just to, to show that representation. When I just having that this platform, I've, I've talked to so many people who, who are, whether you're a person of color or based off of your gender or sexuality, they're like, oh, thank you for representing uh, and just showcasing that. So I think not realizing that was something I wanted, but now I'm really showcasing that. That's so cool. That's so cool. So I want to backtrack though to something that you said though, that that got my attention in that you wanted to just um, talk a little bit about the creativity. I'm going to ask two questions in relation to actually what you said right now. What would you say to those clinicians, pre-OT students, or even OT students that maybe are about to do a a field work in pediatrics, I am not creative enough. Right. I think that's a mindset. I think that's a way of just uh, thinking. If it, When we work with kids, we, we talk about growth mindset. And I like to see this as a creative mindset. You have to really work that muscle of seeing therapeutic value in one item. Like, I've really just practiced how many times I can use a balloon and how many different ways I can use a balloon. What positions can I use this balloon in? whether it be sitting or just standing, you can go into like a kneeling position. You can sit on a therapy ball. You can use uh, a, a roller or a weight to hit the balloon. You can use a racket. You can sit on edge of bed. There are just so many ways you can use one item. And just by practicing that, I think it's just so important because that's in OT, we like to call, we like to use therapeutic use of self. And that's very much that of identifying how many ways you can use one thing. So it's just so important to, to flex that muscle and practice that because that's something you can learn. 
that's part of what I want to do in terms of my platform. I've been able to successfully run uh, a summit and I've been able to help uh, over a hundred practitioners start to be creative and start to be confident in who they are in their treatment sessions. So to follow along, that's going to be something I'm going to be continuously working on kind of going forward. I'm going to really spend uh, my time going forward this summer and the fall to really push this platform and create more of a learning and education platform for you guys to be more confident and creative. Very cool. And then my other question was going to be, because you were talking about representation, do you have anything, I guess, to say to people who feel uh, who, or who are underrepresented, whether it is because of the color of their skin or their sexuality or like anything that you want to, uh, I guess, say in terms of in terms of that and um, their their success in, 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 as an OT or their ability to become an OT and things of that nature? Because I think that it's like a huge roadblock. I've actually have heard uh, pre-OT students even say, well, I'm a person of color and it's predominantly white. And I really do wonder if I'm going to get in or if all these people that don't look like me are going to get in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she like, she's like, it's not just, I know it's not just because of the color of my skin or anything like that. Or because, like, so I don't know. Do you want to say any words of advice to those who are like maybe thinking that, uh, the just like yeah, the the represent the, the group that they represent is actually going to I guess keep them from getting into OT score being a successful OT. Like, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I think don't let that hold that hold you back. Really, um, in many ways, I've used it to to help myself become better. I want to really push myself to to represent myself as a practitioner and, and represent who I am. So I use this platform to to really showcase that and, and be that presence. But if you are applying to OT school, again, if, if that's going to be what's holding you back, don't let it. In that, um, because in many ways, that might not be the right school for you. Find the right school that will fit your needs and will able to put you first, no matter the race, no matter the color, no matter the sexuality. I think it, it, it's important to find the environment that wants you there. So. Ooh. You are the consumer, guys. Like, seriously, I think we go into OT school like, oh, what school is going to accept me? And like, you know, like, realize that at the end of the day, guys, you are the consumer. Mm-hmm. You guys are paying money to go to this school. And I'm not saying that they should cater you hand foot, right? But like, you know, like, they're just to, to serve you or anything like that. But you, the student, are a priority. And mm-hmm. if they don't make you feel like a priority, then that probably is not a program for you. Yeah. You know, so find a school that you identify with. Like, I know for me, and I'll just say this much, I went to Florida International University, shout out to them. And one of the reasons why I did love it was because I did identify with just the school. It's one of the most, I think it's like the top three Hispanic, uh, like or predominantly Hispanic schools in the country. So I was constantly seeing a bunch of people that looked like me and did not look like me. It was super diverse. I had professors that were male, that were gay, that were Hispanic, that were black, that were white, and all of this different stuff that just made me feel really comfortable as well. And led me, I think, to, um, in addition to just the curriculum and 
the tuition price. Like I know that played a role in my overall happiness in my program was because I felt like this is where I belong. I felt good in the program. So if you are in a meeting or anything of that nature, right? Uh, like meeting the professors and things of that, of that nature and something doesn't feel right in the interview, then sometimes you, I think you gotta, trust your gut. you yeah. gotta trust your gut. Yeah. And I think another piece of advice is, is, is use your story, use your, your personality to, to really make you shine. Like I think being in special education, part of my personal statement was really showcasing that I was a male who wants to work in this field. There are just so many, because I had ABA experience, I was in a, a classroom of all uh, boys and I wanted to, to, to be that role model for them because not everyone has that, that yeah. male figure. There's plenty of female therapists, female educators, and just being that presence, having that connection to a male authority figure is really important. I, I remember using that uh, as my personal, within my personal statement going into OT school. So your culture and who you are is totally a part of you and, and, and use yeah. that as a story within your statement, I think, um, and really showcase it. And, and that sho that'll showcase how important it is to yourself. And then if the OT school is right for you, they're going to want to be a part of that as well. So very, very cool. Well, I just want to say thank you again, Alvin. I know that there was a lot of value in this episode and the, the last episode that you were on. So I just want to thank you um, again. I can't express how grateful I am to have you on the show. And I will see you all later. Have a great right. day, everyone. No problem. Thank you. Bye, guys. so much for joining me and taking time out of your day to listen. We hope this has been valuable and will get you one step closer to being the occupational therapist you want to be. You can check out all of our resources and social media platforms on otgenius.com. The website again is otgenius.com. If you wish to connect with us, you can do so by booking a consultative call on the website or even find us on Instagram. The handle is at ot.genius and you can there join our monthly newsletter and stay up to date on all the things we are doing to help you succeed. We hope that you have a great day and thank you again for listening.